Welcome, everybody, Yankee Chronicles podcast. I'm Bobby Ryan. I'm here with Rob, Evan, and Donald. And as always, you can check out statementgames.com for a unique experience on fantasy sports and docadamsbaseball.org to learn about the founder of baseball. So we left off yesterday's chat with talking about the possibilities of putting a salary cap on baseball. And I want to lead off with saying I think that there should be a minimum of what a team should spend. So if there was a minimum of a hundred, you know, a hundred million dollar payroll, and have a max of two fifty, and after that two fifty is when you pay your shared revenue. Donald, what do you think? Um. Even the hundred million is high, considering Tampa's uh, Tampa managed to get to uh, World Series with a sixty million payroll. So it doesn't even necessarily need to be as high as as a hundred, but it does need to be a minimum for sure in order for uh, the the market to progress. And also, I think for for viewership for baseball, I think it, and it's good for all teams if there is a, a minimum amount so that um, so there's a level of competition throughout because there's just too many teams kind of like. Pittsburgh Pirates or, or even, you know, um, in the Marlins for a couple of years, even though they had a really good year last year, but, you know, previous years were just a complete joke, really. And so, you know, you, you need to have some kind of level of competition. I mean, the Pirates continue just to get assets and just trade them off, trade them off, trade them off. They're not even competitive in a lot of, a lot of years. And it's unfair on their fans, you know. They've got a beautiful stadium, beautiful city. And their and their ownership is not represent representative of, of their team, so I think there's there's too many examples of that um, in the league. Uh, there's not enough teams like the Yankees, you know, who who even even if we complain about Hal Steinbrenner, he does try and put together a winning product on the field every year, you know. So a minimum a minimum spend is exactly a great idea. I don't know exactly what kind of number we're talking, but I'm sure you can work that out in the collective bargaining agreement. Um, but a minimum spend would help free agency and uh, would, would help baseball in general. Yeah, I just threw out the, you know, I just threw out the numbers just to kind of get the, you know, the conversation started. Well, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a hundred million. I don't know what they would, you know, but there has to be a minimum because what I want to know is does MLB, does is the commissioner's office, are they looking at the books of these teams that are getting all the shared revenue and are teams spending it on the players like they're supposed to? You know, Evan, what do you think? I think something needs to be done. Um, like we bring up all the time, Tampa Bay and, and the Marlins, you know, that's why I think the number a hundred million would probably be a little too high for those people to compete every year. Um, but you got to do something to fix not only the pace of the off season, but teams willingness to spend because um, you know, it, it's great seeing what Tampa Bay is able to do, but it's also frustrating having to see them trade off all their assets after coming close to winning a world series. That's not fair to a fan base. No. Um, as a Yankee fan, we don't have to deal with that as a Tampa Bay fan, as a Marlin fan, they deal with that every single year and they're still loyal fans. So it's, you know, it's just frustrating. And you saw the Marlins do that in, um, 97 and 03 so it's like you and they, they were completely different teams by the time they got to 03 I mean that's not a very 
long separation of time. Uh, so it's pretty amazing yeah. all that taken away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this, you know, with the selling off of the teams as soon as they, you know, like just when they're getting close and they can, if they were, if they were, full, uh, there was a minimum and that, that would get these teams to push for that next hurdle and, and go for that championship run that next year instead of selling off every time that it's time to pay these players. You know, that's the problem. That's what led me thinking to this. You know, like Tampa, you know, Every time it comes time to pay these players that have gotten them all, you know, through all these deep runs in the season, they're trading them or just releasing them. And that is not fair to these guys that have put the work in. The players need to be treated better by the teams. Look what Cleveland just did. They've been competitive for years and they just go to the Lindor yeah. and they cross for nothing. <laughs> yeah, but they did spend time, you know, they had a good run, you know, and if they need to, you know, reset, that's, you know, I have no problem with that. But selling off just so the owners, you know, can keep a little more money in their pocket, that that that's hurting the game so much. Rob, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree. I think there needs to be at least a minimum. I don't know, like Evan and Donald said, like the number with the specific number, because, yeah. you know, there are some teams that probably won't be able to meet $100 million, but um, – yeah, there has to be something. You have to at least get to a certain amount because you're seeing teams, you know, just with minuscule payrolls. And you look at the Yankees are paying three players that are making more than an entire team. And, you know, that's why there are certain teams that have to pay that luxury tax every year because they go over an amount. But, you know, I don't know the number, but yeah, I would say it's some, some sort of a minimum around a hundred million, maybe a little bit less this way. You know, if you have, you have to get to that number because it doesn't always mean the money ball way is not always going to help you win. It works for Tampa. It's worked a couple of times, but you know, it's, it's something that baseball definitely has to look into. So there's some more spending and there's more reason to keep a, an eye on what's going on in the off season. Cause if more teams are spending and trying to add players, you know, it's, it's not just the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox and blah, 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 you know, if we saw like Oakland going after some big name free agents, you know, something that can throw a, throw a wrench in the whole off season. It'd be interesting if more also, teams were spending. I also think the comp pick is a huge issue because it, you know, makes teams not want to go out and lose their draft pick by signing a player. Yeah, so they right. got to do away with that and they got to, you know, have a minimum, give, give everyone a reason to spend um, because why should the players be getting screwed over because the team doesn't want to spend because if they spend, they get a penalty. It's the same thing with the tax. You're getting penalized for spending money, but you want the teams to spend money. So it really, to me, it doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. The, another way that they could attack it with the minimum, if you're showing that, you have a payroll like the, the, the we'll use the Rays because they're in our division. You know, that, you know, what, a $60 million payroll? If they're, if they're able to show that they're using the shared revenue, you give them a buffer. As long as every dollar is going to the players, you know, or, you know, or in, into the team, not just the pockets of the executives. They can't. The executives should should not be allowed access to any of that revenue fund. 
you know, that might force the owner to say, well, if I can't keep it, I might as well give it, you know, yeah. it, it has to, it, otherwise, if they're not, if they're not willing, <coughs> say, you, all right, let, let's take it, let, let's look at it this way. Race have a minimum of 60. If it is shown at the end of 2021 that they did not use all of their shared revenue towards the players, your shared revenue gets cut the pre the next year. Mm. Go back to the team that had to give it to you. Go back to the team. Goes back, mm. Well, it goes back into the pot. And say mm. there's a team like the Pirates that have used every dollar and put it into players' contracts, and they still have not reached that threshold. Then they get. The, then it goes to it goes to the team that's willing to use the money. Yeah. If you, you know, that's how they are. That's what I would do. If you're not yeah. using all of your shared revenue on player salary, you you don't get a cut. The next you get a you get a less percentage the, the next year. It has to be exactly. the same. Yeah, it, it should that go to get, the player. That will get and that'll make the that'll make the fans happy and it'll make the players happy. And when the yeah, workers are the happy, most important thing. that's where the owners make money. Yeah. The people don't come to watch how Steinbrenner sit in the suite. You know, they no. come to watch the Aaron judges and, you know, they come to watch the players and, and it's all around baseball. You know, you don't go to a nationals game and look at the owner. You want to see Strasburg and Scherzer and Soto and, and so on and so forth. So it has to go to the players. You know, the, the players are what makes the league go in every sport and baseball is you know, you see some players get these huge contracts, and in other cases, you're seeing really good players waiting a really long time because teams are unwilling to spend. So there's definitely I mean, are, a bit of an issue. We are blessed as Yankee fans uh, every year that we put together a competitive team, every single year. Yeah. You know, we don't even do tanking. You know, we always are uh, trying to put together a product that's uh, representative of the Yankee organization and we're lucky in that regard because there's a bunch of teams that um, that, that aren't competitive and there's some teams that, that are constantly rebuilding and uh, you know uh, you know we're always we're always putting we're you know we're, we're never in a position where we're like oh can we afford to sign Garrett Cole can we afford to Resign DJ LeMahieu, you know? Yeah. I think we're pretty blessed. Well, know? that's why I think if you raise the max where there's only one threshold at 250, and after that, because the salaries have been going up, you know, the revenue, you know, all these different thresholds, it, it gets a little confusing. Of, all right, we, if we go over this one, we spend this much, we give that, you know, they just need one set, one set number. That's it. I think that will make it. That'll make the owners more reasonable with negotiations with the players. Evan, you you have a thought? Yeah, I was just thinking. I'm 32 years old, and the Yankees have had less than 10 losing seasons in my entire life. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that is amazing, and that's why we have this level of entitlement, and we're so spoiled, thinking you know the the years that we lose or the years that we don't get anyone, we're not doing anything. Um, you know, it just brings back to the main point that we got to get other teams to spend and we got to spend too. And I just, I really hate the cap. I hate the comp picks and I, I hate everything else about, um, how they're basically punishing the teams that spend and doing nothing about the teams that don't. Exactly. Yeah. 
you know, that's why it's, you know, I, I think they need to, that, that's what I, why I, I brought up restructuring how the shared revenue is, is dispersed. Right. That, that, that's, that's where it has to start to get the, to move forward. And I think that's something that really needs, I, I, this, the next um, CBA yeah. is going to be crucial to the, to the future of baseball. It's going to be a brutal negotiation. I don't think yeah. there's going to be a lockout, but it's going to be something really tough because they need to change almost all of the entire structure of it. No, I think no. When once negotiations start, there's no way that they're going to have the season kicking off in time. I'll call that right now. If last year with any indication, it's going to drag out so bad. It's going to be ugly. I I, I don't want to see it. But that's I, I, that's how my, my gut tells me. Yeah. I I kind of agree with that. Like, last year was such a mess yeah. with the negotiation just to start the season, and now you're thinking about what you know the negotiations are like for the CBA. Is just I hope I really hope we're wrong. I hope you're wrong, Bobby. I hope I'm I, wrong. I, I do too. I don't think we'll get a lockout like Evan said, but I think some sort of a delay could certainly be in the works. It's going to be a three-month process or longer. I mean, it's really going to be brutal. They, like I said, they need to change almost the entire structure of it. And, yeah. you know, the owners, they don't negotiate. They don't really care what the players get because they're the ones who are on top with the more money. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, all right, you, you, you don't want to take my money. I'll find the player that will, you know. That's the, you know. Unfortunately, that's the way the baseball world works. It's a, it's a mess. Yeah. It's affected the game in every facet. You know, uh, we, we've been having a lot of fun, you know, with, with discussing how to fix baseball. You know, we're, we're, we're just a small group. You know, we're just, you know, fans sitting here talking, like I say all the time, and if we could figure all this shit out. And they can't, you know, or they don't want to put the effort in. Oh, that's what greed can do. You know, money has, it's all about money. Obviously, you know, owners want to keep making money. The players want their money. And that's where you get the biggest disagreement. And there's these stupid rule changes they're always putting in place. And like Evan said, they have to change so much. Everything pretty much is on the table of what needs to be fixed with the way the off season goes, how the season, all this stuff. And, like Evan said, it's going to be brutal. And we – the fans aren't to blame for that. The players really even aren't to blame for that. It all really starts with ownership and yeah. that terrible commissioner that we have at the top. Yeah. Well, this problem was started before Manfred. Manfred just keeps, you know, poking the flames. Yeah, all makes all, it worse. With all his ideas. You know, the, his ideas is what I expect from fans. Our right. ideas is what I expect from the commissioner. <laughs> That's a problem. Do you know yeah, if there's interest to the stuff that we're talking about uh, at major league level? Do you think this is, you know, the stuff we're talking about today? Do you think? No, they don't. I don't think they discuss this at all. And I, I it's, is that because it's Maybe we league? need to start sending these episodes to MLB and go, hey, you know, of these four guys, <laughs> the owners are under any incentive to do it. I mean, you know, a lot of owners are happy just to, you know, uh, have their money, you know. 
Uh, you look at how many owners were barking about how much money they lost and how many teams we have not seen spend. I mean, the Yankees waited and yeah, they've spent over a hundred million dollars, but it was only on two players and they claim to have lost the most amount of money all of any team. But you see, you're seeing, you're seeing some teams spend and other teams are like, I'm not spending a dime because of what we lost last year. Yeah. And uh, it, it's made things really, really slow. And it's definitely opened up a lot of conversation about what can be fixed, and how to fix it. But I doubt they're talking about that, or they want to. And, and look what the Yankees had to do to get that second deal with Kluber to happen. They had to get DJ to take less money. That's how financially strapped they think they are. So mm-hmm. that's an issue. Yeah. You know, Donald, you had a thought? Oh, no, just because oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I lost my thought. Um, you're like Mom, Rob Manfred, then. Yeah. Not what you're going to say. Yeah. You lost your thought. <laughs> I just. Uh, <laughs> so we have, uh, you know, these, these issues where why couldn't they just say with, you know, that's why I'm going to ask one more time. The owners need to open the books to the commissioner's office and be like, this is why we're not spending the money. This is, you know, this, what did they, what did these teams lose? You know, they spit out a number, but is that really the number? Or are they just saying that for public appeal? Well, look, look at how bad it is for the Yankees when we lost all the attendance. Think about the small market teams, how much they really need attendance to make it. Um, so I think they did lose a significant amount of money. The Yankees have not only the best attendance, we also have, you know, the best Jersey sales. So it's, it's hard to sit here and listen to how complain about losing money when we know he's made billion dollars over this, over the yeah. years. Like, come on, dude. Plus, he's got his own TV network. We actually own our own TV network. Yeah. A lot of teams are going. Yeah, you know, that's that, – they don't – it seems like they go out of their way to lose fans. Because that, that was – that was now, now I remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> the way that they keep, you know, running things now is not – bringing new fans into the game. They're losing casual fans. They're not bringing in new fans. And you got, you got, you know, the ones like us that will, you know, we'll, we'll sit here, we'll bitch and moan, or we'll, you know, we'll cheer on when it's going our way. But we still, you know, we're showing up every year, but that number is going down. It is, yeah. Yeah. And every I agree. year. It's the same thing. You know, Go ahead, Donald. I was just saying, I think a lot of it to do is, is, is you know, because we're diehard fans. We've, you know, we've, we've known baseball all our lives, you know, we, and we'll follow it to the end. But, you know, newer fans, the the way that the game is played now is, is less appealing, you know, and it is a big effect. I think, you know, the whole analytics thing that we talked about, and, and that plays a big part. And uh, and I don't think it appeals to the younger generation as much, you know, with the way yeah. the game is played. It's a very slow game, you know, and a lot of fans like a, a faster-paced game, you know, they're more focused on star-driven 
um, leagues like the NBA and the NFL, you know, you've got a, a star that you can market and get behind. Uh, we used to have that in the 90s, you know. We used to have um, big market, uh, marketable players that, that everyone just knew and followed and loved and going to, went to games for. But nowadays they have a harder time with that, you know. Well, because it used to be simple. They've put all these stats into it now when people really only care about home runs and strikeouts from a pitcher. So it's like if you're, you're taking a simple game, you're making it complex, and you're telling the youth, okay, come and instead of being entertained, you're going to learn about stats and stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not in school right now. I want to watch sports. Yeah. That's what I say all the time. I finished school. I don't want to do any more math. Yeah. That's the best thing. That's the best thing to say because, I mean, as cool as I'll admit, some analytics I'll follow. I, I want to keep an eye on some of those like, like war and stuff, and even that you know weighted runs created stuff. I'll keep an eye on it. But if I'm going to watch a game, I'm not like, oh, I wonder what this guy's FIP is compared to his ERA. You know, right. people just want to see these guys play, and they don't want to hear the announcers it, during the game talking about, oh, if you look at his advanced metrics. He may be hitting 180, but he should be hitting 350. It's like no one wants to hear about that. Yeah. You know, they want to see what he's doing on the field. And it also doesn't help when some of these younger players who are trying to bring excitement to the game are constantly getting berated by the older fans. You know, where I'm, I consider myself old, but I love Tatis. I love watching these younger guys come out there and just ball out and have fun. And then you have a lot of older players around the older um, fans who hate it. You know, I, I go back to that Tatis thing all the time. No, I How know. the hell? Even if, you know, even me in my 40s, you know, I think that I thought that was great. Me too. I, I loved it. More of that, you know, and also criticizing him for the, um, you know, the way he was celebrating in a blowout game. Yeah, it's like little it's, things like that. I mean, it's, you- it's, not a, it's not a blowout game until it's over. Right. We, exactly. we also need to look at the, all the time. We need to look at the progression and development of a fan as well, because look at all of us. We've been watching the game for 30 years. Um, you know, the way we were when we first started watching the game is not how we think now. No. Now we loved it because it's our lifestyle now. So, of course, we're going to think about stats and be excited about that. But that's not what got me into the game. What got me into the game was the simplicity of baseball. 1998 hitting home runs. That's what got me into the game. You know, it was, you know, also, you know, playing Little League, you know, and then, you know, trading cards. You know, that's what I learned about a lot of the players. You know, and then I just, I remember the picture of the video of Manningly with the popcorn. Yeah. And I'm like, and, that was the moment I was a Manly fan, you know, and it's never, you know, it was that, oh, look how cool this guy is, you know, walking over to the crowd, you know, as a kid, that's great. Right. You know, Judge is another one, I think, that w- why he has the status he does, you know, playing cash with the kids that, you know, yeah. when, when they're, you know, doing their pregame, you know, and a lot of, you see a lot of players do that, you know. <laughs> Do you think as a fan now, it almost seems less personal, the connection between yes, what, 
right? Because we talk about in our youth, the trading cards and all that stuff. We didn't have the internet back then. So there was no talking and interacting with fans. So when you got that card or that pack, you'd go to a friend and be like, oh, I got a pack. I got a pack too. And then you'd learn about the players together because you yeah. don't get to watch all the national broadcasts. Yeah, so back then, on the back of the card. That, the, that's all you had to go by. It was what right. was on the back. Which and if they I, didn't right. the stats, you didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> exactly, which is amazing to me because we have so much more information that's so easily accessible now, and kids are looking up less. Yeah. That's the problem. That's what it is. Nobody's watching the games anymore. That, that's- I used to love marking my scorecard when I was, a, when yep, I was younger. I'd mark out the scorecard, and it would be really fun. Nowadays it's so different because it's all, it's only three things can, can happen. It's a home run, strikeout, or a walk. There's no point. I don't even do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that was one thing I, I I never I never I tried it. It just never took off for me with scoring a game. Well, I missed the Bernie Williams home run one time because I was still marking it down. And then, <laughs> and then the down, down, like, what? 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 For Christ's sake. And I was like, well, what's, what's going on? Fucking balls out of the park. He's like, the game's won. We've already won. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. So, uh, so, all right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Tune in on Sunday. Sunday morning, uh, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have two shows this weekend. We have the women's chat returning Sunday, and then we'll be together with our special guest on Sunday night. Where what we're gonna, what I want to talk about on Sunday night is, do they need to restructure how arbitration works? I think that's something. That's another area of how Yankee Chronicles is going to fix baseball. So, also during in the for the women's chat, we are going to be analyzing the concept of prospect hugging and is it time to just let them play or move on and trade them off so we're going to be breaking down a lot over on sunday so make sure you check out both episodes subscribe to the channel this way and turn on the notifications so you'll know when the videos are up on behalf of everybody yankeechronicles.com we hope everybody has a good day we'll talk to you on sunday yeah